Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up in just a few moments, Senator Kevin Kramer is going to join us. He's one of the very few senators that was briefed earlier today on this Iran situation. So he's going to give you some exclusive insight into that. He also may have even broken some news regarding the second round of trade aid. So more on that in a moment. We start tonight with some protests happening in downtown Fargo. All day there's been organized protests around the country with the hashtag stop the bans it's in response to some of the new pro-life laws that have been passed across the country so in downtown fargo there's been pro-life and pro-abortion supporters and joining us live from downtown fargo is our very own callie hubbard callie uh, thanks so much for being down there and joining us just you can share a little bit about what's the turnout down there and uh what's the latest with these protests Yeah, good afternoon, Chris. I'm right here outside of the Red River Women's Clinic here in downtown Fargo on First Avenue North. And if you take a look behind me, you can see that there are some protesters out. Uh, there were hundreds earlier. I was just at Island Park just a little bit ago, and they were with the Stop the Ban rallies. Now, the people behind me, they're with the counter rally marching and they arrived around 5 o'clock p.m. today, and it's what's being called a pro-life counter-rally. They're gathering in response to the pro-choice advocates organizing the Stop the Bans rallies, which are happening all around the country today. In response to the bans passed in Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio, the organizers of the event said that they were trying to gather as many people as they could to attend the advocates for the Stop the Bans rallies. Passed by here just a little bit ago, both sides were both heated. Um, but we're covering both sides of the protesters, both pro-life and pro-choice here in downtown Fargo. Ellie, thank you for the ups update. We appreciate that and the insight. You can see not too many people down there now, but apparently earlier today, but I had some pictures sent to me. It was pretty crowded down there in downtown Fargo. All right, Senator Kramer, he's on the Armed Services Committee now, as many of us know, and he was one of the very few senators that was briefed today on this Iran situation. Things seem to be heating up, so he's going to give you some exclusive insight on that meeting today. Are we going to go to war with Iran or not? Plus, he talked about the second round of trade aid. We may get some clarity on that sooner than you think. And he also, wait to hear this, he had an hour-long meeting today with Lieutenant General Todd Seminite from the Army Corps of Engineers all about building the wall. When are we going to get this thing built? Here's my interview with Senator Kevin Kramer. Senator Kramer, welcome back to Point of View. Thank you for your time, sir. You just walked out of this briefing on the Iran situation. Take us in the room for the people watching right now. What do we need to know that came out of this briefing? Well, what's important about a classified briefing in the Senate SCIF with 99 of my closest friends and the Secretary of State, Secretary of the um, defense and the um, chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff is what I need to know. <laughs> and most of the time, the reason it's classified is that you don't. <laughs> but that, that said, that said, Chris, what I walk away from that, you know, some, some things that are confirmed, some things that are new, of course, um, but for me, a sense of confidence that, you know, our military, our, our president responded appropriately to, to, to threats that were credible into intel that was credible and specific and they responded in a way that that detoured uh, a miscalculation on the part of Iran and its and its proxies that, that I believe prevented loss of life and, and any any attacks on on human life um, I think we all know there were some things that were 
that were done to assets in the region, uh, you know, ships and, and oil assets in the region. Um, there was you know, certainly some briefing on that. And, and, uh, but more importantly, the, the U.S. response, the ally response, and um, reminding us that this, this is a 40-year uh, habit of, of Iran to, uh, to test us in these ways. And um, you know, this time, I think we, we, replied, we responded properly, and they withdrew. So just for clarity, sir, because there has been some questions about the credibility of the things you just mentioned. You talked about you had the hits on the boats from Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Norway. There was the pipeline. And also, there was the missile that was launched at the U.S. Embassy. So just for clarity, you're saying that those all did come from Iran, and that was confirmed today. Well, I'm not going to confirm that. I'd leave that to Secretary Pompeo and Secretary Shanahan, whether they want to confirm um, you know, that, that level of intelligence or not. All I can tell you is that, they're, that I was convinced that, and that they're convinced that Iran has um, intentions and ha at least had intentions that, were, that would have been devastating had they been allowed to do them. But I think, Chris, for, for North Dakotans and for Americans, it's important to remember this 40-year this habit that, that Iran has had of, of attacking U.S. personnel throughout the world and um, how we respond matters, and how we respond has to be in a way that you know, both deters them from doing it, doing it more, doing more of it, doing it again, while not escalating uh, you know, the, the fight. And um, the other thing I think that Americans and North Dakotans ought to know is that you know, we've been withdrawing from, from some of the areas in the region. Our troops have been, you know, been withdrawing troops. Um, some of our, our naval vessels, Navy vessels, have been uh, deferred in, in maintenance that, that now are getting some of that maintenance so we're much thinner if you will in terms of our presence and our readiness in the Middle East and you know it presented a little bit of an opening perhaps for Iran to test and uh, it, you know if, the, if they thought we weren't going to do anything I think that we demonstrated that uh, we're not going to just sit back and uh, you know, and go untested. I think the big question is this senator is that when you look at we pull out of the Iran nuclear deal we obviously lifted the waivers and, and made it so we want, hey, no oil being sold out of Iran, which decimates their economy, hurts their people. This seems like the obvious response from Iran. So my point is, is, is what's the strategy? What did you walk, walk away from today and go, okay, here's our strategy to, to go against this threat of Iran, which I'm assuming we all knew was coming? Well, first of all, um, you know, they're the reason that they're terrorists. We aren't making them terrorists. And they've been a state-sponsored terror for a long time. They have, in addition to the to their own uh, Iranian Iranian uh, guard, they also have proxies, as you know, throughout the region. So, um, you know, I want to make sure that we're clear that this is Iran doing what Iran does. This is not, and maybe it wasn't a response to some things the United States has done on our own behalf and for security of our people. Um, all of that said, going forward, I think. The lesson is, is that we need a deterrence, that, that the cost of peace is deterrence, and the cost of deterrence is having you know, modern, uh, appropriate weapons systems, uh, naval vessels, troops on the ground uh, throughout. And we can squabble about you know, whether we're occupying, we can, we can disagree uh, policy-wise on, on you know, what's, what's the appropriate um, deterrence, but the reality is, is that, that the world relies on an American deterrence. I think that the bigger question, in, at least in my view, is what of our allies? We have allies in Europe and other places that, that benefit from 
the United States being the, the cop on the beat. Um, the president has been very clear that, that this isn't a sole responsibility of the United States. And so I think we have, you know, we have to continue to work through our diplomatic channels with our other allies that benefit from, you know, in some ways even benefit from, from a further conflict between the United States and Iran. But uh, clearly, clearly they have to be in it with us. Well, speaking of that, I want to get your take on this because I'm sure you saw the news recently where German Chancellor Angela Merkel uh, lumped the U.S. and the same as with China and Russia as being adversaries. You've seen Angela Merkel and, and the president of France, Marcon, call for their own EU army. So what's your response to that and the fact that you're, you know, we consider them allies, but now they're lumping us in with Russia and China and calling for their own EU army? Well, I think you have to give, you know, even politicians from our allies that talk silly, sometimes you have to give them some room uh, in their own political environment. They know it. Um, one of the things that I'll, to be honest, Chris, one of the things that I find frustrating, whether it's, whether it's our European allies that's saying, yeah, keep taking on China, we need you to take on China, stop China, we're calling on you to stop China, um, while they are happy to, you know, fill the gap. Uh, when there's an opportunity economically and cheer us on quietly or in a situation like we're having right now with Iran where they're you know they're advocating or cheering us on quietly while at the same time taking advantage of, of the uh, the vacancies that might occur economically um, it does get a little bit frustrating and this is why Donald Trump is president and why so many people like him being president because he doesn't let that that kind of rhetoric go unchallenged just like just like they're um, you know, getting by with such a paltry investment in NATO while the United States yeah. is the big investor in NATO to protect them. Donald Trump has called these people out on that and I think that's, again, that's why he's president and that's why he's restored some of our, uh, you know, some of our credibility both with our allies and our adversaries. A couple of bottom line, bottom line questions, sir, and I want to move on to some other topics. Are we going to a war, war with Iran? That is not the intent of this president. As you know, he ran on getting us out of wars, not getting us into them. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed a little bit of the rhetorical back and forth, even within his own troops, within the, in the, in the White House. I should use the word troops a little more carefully when we're talking about literal troops. But, um, you know, that he's really, I think, done a good job de-escalating while at the same time sending that strong message. No, we're not going to war with Iran. Nobody wants to go to war with Iran, least of all Iran. Um, but Iran also has to know that, um, you know, don't provoke something, don't start something, uh, because the, the end would not be, you know, would not be good for them. So I, I think that we've found that balance, as we always do. We've seen Iran withdraw. We, we've seen them remove some of the missiles that they, that they were putting in place, moved some people around that looked like they were taking a more aggressive posture. Now they've gone back into a more defensive posture. All I can say is you know, good, you know, good decision making. Let's talk about the context, sir, of, of your position on the Armed Services Committee and then obviously representing North Dakota and our farmers here and the challenges that we're facing right now with the trade war. Mm -hmm. um, many people are saying, hey, you know what, Let, let's get this thing done, let's win this war. Some are saying, hey, you know what, let's just take a deal and get our farmers back whole again. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard you talk about, hey, look, we've got to win this thing now that we're in it. Help people understand when you look at what's going on with Huawei, the South China Sea, things of that nature, why it's so important to, to win this trade war, what that means for America, and then what do you'd like to see from the trade aid to make sure that our farmers do stay whole? 
Okay, so you practically answered the question with the question, I think. Um, China has been a bad actor for decades. The presidents, Republican and Democrat, have sort of rolled over whenever challenged or, or ignored or looked the other way at their foibles. And now we find ourselves with you know, them having all this technology, them stealing much of our intellectual property uh, as, a, as a requirement to even do business for them. By the way, including, uh, including farm commodity genetics. I mean, there's nothing that they don't they won't get if they can get it, with the ultimate goal of being dominant, not being a dominant um, you know, consumer of our products, but rather dominating the very markets that we, you know, that we now enjoy. So we either stop them now or, or 10, 20 years from now, uh, there's no stopping them at all. So, so again, it's, it's got to be the long run. Now, it's, it's gone longer than I wish it had, than a lot of people wish it had. So the question then is, what about the, the, the aid? I'm very encouraged by the, the large number that the president threw out. Now, there are farmers who are going to watch this, and they're going to go, I don't want that aid. I don't want that aid in the mix. That distorts markets. So I understand that. That's why I think how you use the aid has, has got to be very careful. But we're, we're already talking, you know, we're probably going to know what that package is going to look like this week yet. They're talking maybe a Thursday announcement. So wow. if you're a soybean farmer or you're a corn farmer, or you're a wheat farmer, or you're a sorghum farmer, or you're thinking about something else because the rain has kept you out of the field at this point, um, that's the kind of distortion that can happen from an early announcement. And yet, it's completely appropriate that we help our farmers through this rough patch because this is a rough patch that is created by a squabble between governments. In other words, it, it, there's no free market where China's involved. So, you know, that, that ship sailed already. And um, when we're in this kind of a negotiation, clearly the government, in my view, has an obligation to help our farmers through this rough patch. But um, winning it's way more important than, than, than rolling over, cutting a deal that gets us through another growing season. We need to get through generations, not just a growing season. I know you spent an hour today with Lieutenant General Seminite from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. What's the latest on the situation? Because I know uh, Tommy Fisher protested something, they won the protest, and they still got denied. Tell it, take us inside the conversation today with Mr. Seminite. So I think one of the things that's important to note is that we, we're dealing with multiple tranches of money here. There's the 2017 funding, 2018, and now 2019 fiscal years. There's also the additional, um, you know, 280, what's it called, 288 dollars or 208 dollars, 284. Um, th those are the authorities from the Department of Defense moving money around. We don't know how much that is going to be. Each of those takes on a little bit different formula, takes on different um, responses. I can tell you that, that Fisher, uh, Enterprise Fisher Sand and Gravel out of Dickinson, North Dakota, remains a pre qualified, um, high level competitor in all of these. So while so far they've been skunked, so to speak, this latest round that you're referring to was was really hastily done. And it was hastily done because it's the money that has to be spent, has to be committed and spent this fiscal year. I believe that I believe the Army Corps of Engineers made a miscalculation um, uh, in choosing Did he explain why? who they chose over Fisher. Yeah, because I think that they don't know enough about Fisher. Fisher hasn't done the wall work before. I think that entered into the calculation. They didn't tell me that, but I sort of gleaned from that that, that because of the, the time frame and, and the pre-qualification piece that sort of boxes everybody else except people who have been doing the work uh, provided an edge that, that Fisher probably wasn't able to meet. I haven't talked to Tommy about this yet, but that's my analysis of it. But the, there are some really big parts of this project yet to be um, RFP'd and, and, and bid out. I stress, I really 
that took them on uh, over the issue of price because th these fast contracts that they're awarding don't even consider price. It considers you know, the product and then they negotiate the price later. The price has to fit within a certain cost, you know, a certain cost structure based on the soil types and all this stuff. Um, I, all I can tell you is that I have very little patience for bureaucratic BS and I made myself very clear about that along with some other projects that we're talking about with water, you know, water use of, for fracking out in the Bakken. Um, some of the mumbo jumbo that they throw at you, it just exhausts me. And I told them, you cannot, you should go on TV or radio in North Dakota, explain things to, to those people the way you explain it to me, and they'll tell me, my God, it's worse than we thought. Um, so let, let's keep it simple, price and quality. Build the wall. Amen. Senator Kramer, thanks for the time, sir. We appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Always my pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Thanks again to Senator Kevin Kramer. He emailed out a little email and a picture of him sitting down with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and Lieutenant General Semin. You may remember it was Senator Kramer that put that initial letter out to the former uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, kind of blasting the Army Corps of Engineers. So I would imagine there was some tension in that meeting today. So great to get some insight there.